My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted you, and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everybody, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me, roaring lions that tear their prey open with uh, tear their prey o- open, their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is turned to wax, it is melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks through from my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircles me, they pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouths of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From from you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The people will eat and be satisfied, or the poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and the families of the nations will bow down before him. Turn the page. To verse 28. Yeah. For, uh, for dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring it to a people yet unborn. He has done it. Well done. Thank you. Let's break this apart real quick. So you, um, we talked quite a bit about this, but you kind of broke this into sections. Um, We cheated a little bit. We used the bold um, numbers in our Bibles and the the editors have nicely paragraphed some of this for us, right? Yep. But we tried to maybe assign some titles or something like that to each section. So let's just kind of walk through that. Um, let me read verse 1 and 2, and then you tell me the, the title that you came up with and maybe just um, explain that for just a second. Sure. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Um, in this in this small section, he's, he's questioning God. 
So, I mean, we ended up, I think, titling it Why? Because he, he's, he just, he's in despair, and he, he wants an answer. He doesn't know why this is happening to him. Right. And he's, he's looking for an answer. Right, and he doesn't really give us any details. He doesn't he really... He doesn't say what's going on what's yet, going on. Yeah. but he just says he's not enjoying life. Yeah, I'm sure that there are some Bible nerds out there somewhere that are, like, trying to, like, paint this picture of what's going on at the time of the psalm. And they might be right, but they might be wrong, too. So let's just kind of stick to the text. Yep. I like it. Okay. Our next section that we just, um, that we looked at was um, 3 through 5, and this is kind of what we dove into with the kids um, during the children's chat, but would you read 3 through 5 for me? Yes. Uh, Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises, and you, our ancestors, put their trust. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved, and you they trusted and were not put to shame. Right, and we, we read that passage from Exodus. Mm-hmm. Um, it used some of those same words. Can you flip over to Exodus? Exodus of course. Maybe we can um, connect some of those words. It was Exodus 6, mm, five and it was six. 5 through 6. Uh, moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will re- uh, redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Right. So this whole idea of deliverance, mm-hmm. like this is kind of the big seminal event for the, um, for the Israelites because they, you know, they'd gone into Egypt as kind of an overly large family, mm-hmm. right? There were 70 of them that went down, but then they come out with like a million or 600,000 or something like that. A big right? group. Big group, right? So they go in as a family. They come out as a nation. And so for a lot of um, the Jewish mindset, this is kind of the birth of their nation, whereas we would see that going back into Abraham, right, when God actually promises that there will be a nation, but they don't actually see it until, until then. Yeah. Yep. Very good, very good. Okay. Um, so then read six through eight for me and talk to me about that section can you flip back Uh, but i am a worm and not a man scorned by everybody despised by the people all who see me mock me they hurl insults shaking their heads he trusts in the lord they say let the lord rescue him let him deliver him since he delights in him right so what why did we section this off do you remember Um, I think initially we, we noticed that there was sort of a, I'm looking for the right word, it, it, it's, it started with but, which, which is a change in direction, right. uh, it switches exactly. the attitude of, of the, the way the passage was going, Right. and uh, we just, that was at the beginning of verse 6. Exactly, exactly, so that, there's got to be. brought him back from right. talking about his ancestors to back to his own life, back to relevance. Yeah, very good. And then why did we stop at 8? What, what's that first word in 9? Uh, it's just yet in verse 9. So again, it's the ping off. It, it changes direction. Yep. So. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So this is kind of the low point maybe of the, the this lament is kind of the way that we labeled this section. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, now move into 9 and 10. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth, I was cast on you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Okay. So, 
in in my Bible here, it looks like we've disagreed with the editors. They've got 9, 10, and 11 all together, but we kept 9 and 10 separate, mm-hmm. right? And we can talk about 11 in just a second, but here in in 9 and 10, what did we what did we kind of label that as? Um, we ended up saying trust uh, because he ever since he was born, he, he's been raised to believe in God. Right. And no matter, no matter what's been going on ever since birth. Right. And we would almost point to this, you know, we here at Hope, we're Presbyterian, we're the frozen chosen, right? We, uh, we believe um, in the doctrine of election, right? And so we would go back to places like this in the Old Testament that would point towards this idea that, um, that God was moving in David's heart to believe before he was, um, while well, he was still, he was still tiny, born, right? Yeah. So um, at some point, if you're still nursing, you're pretty small. Just saying. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Now, what do you see right at the beginning of 11? And, and why, did we, um, why did we put 11 in a different section than 9 and 10? Uh, it says, do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help me, or to help. Um, so that tone there, right? Like, it, it, yeah, is he it, asking? It's, it's, an, it's an imperative, which is, right. it's, if you don't know what that is, it, it's like an order. It's, it's, you command somebody to do something instead of asking. And so and he, why, why do you know about imperatives? Uh, Latin. Um, don't take Latin. It's hard. Um, Latin is amazing. You lies. learn lots of grammar. And so therefore you read your Bible better. Stop Just it. saying. Okay. So we've got this imperative, right? And all of a sudden, he's telling God what to do? Uh, well, he is saying, he's telling God, don't be far from me. Uh, he says, there's no one to help. But you got to understand, God already wants to be close to you. He wants to help you. So it, it's, uh, it, it kind of makes sense for, for him to, to say don't be far because that's already what god wants to do okay so like that would be like me ordering judah to eat a lollipop exactly okay because that was exactly what he wants to do anyway so yes okay okay very good very good um and then uh, the rest so we put um 11 through 18 kind of um, as we called that a description of the situation, right? Yeah, he so ends up describing it. Or in 1 and 2, he's kind of asking the question. Yep. But then 11 through 18, it seems like he's giving more, more background. background. Exactly. Um, and I don't know that there are really roaring lions and bulls. Uh, you're probably right. Um, there is a lot of metaphors going on in this okay. situation. Um, but... Who knows what those really mean? I okay. think it's it's mainly just explaining how bad life is for him. And I think that's the overall message he's trying to convey. So we can still believe that this is true, even though the biblical author here is using metaphors, and we're just going to use those words to kind of key in on the idea that life is bad. For life is bad, but it doesn't have to mean that we literally have lions ravening and roaring lions, lions because... People can be like that too, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we're not doing damage to our doctrine of like the inspiration of scripture or anything like that when we say this is a metaphor. 
Yeah, very good, very good. Um, so that section took us all the way through 18. 18. Why don't you read 19, 20, and 21 for me? Um, but you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouths of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. And again, we get a bunch of these different imperatives there, right? He's saying, deliver me, save me. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's ordering God to do what we know Wait, God we wants, to, wants do to do anyway. Right. Okay. So that, I mean, how would that inform your prayer life as you think about, um, well, David did it. David told God what he wanted him to do. So would that give you boldness when you're talking to God? I mean, it definitely could. It, I, I definitely see how it, it could have that effect okay. on, on people. Can, can you think of a situation where you wouldn't feel bold telling God to do something versus a situation where you would well, feel I think bold? It, it all matters on what you're trying to tell God to do. Good call. I like it. Flesh that out for me. Tell me like, more about if, that. If, uh, if you're going to tell God to do something selfish, like, like I, I need this job for myself because I want money, you know, then that's like, you probably shouldn't tell God, give me the job, you know, but... okay. If, uh, you might fall flat on your face on that exactly, one. Yes. Exactly. But if, if you're telling, like, in, in this case, if you're asking God to, you're telling God to do something that he already is going to do, he already wants to do, then it's, make it makes sense for it to happen, you know? Okay. So if I was to boldly pray and tell God, shape me and make me, form me to be more like Jesus. Yeah, he already wants to do that, so, I mean, boom, there we go. So you're just asking God to help you be more... The way he wants you to be. Selfish and self-sacrificing. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Very good. Very good. Um, and then we kind of put 22 through 31 in a different um, section. Yes. Yes, we did. Um, I believe it was mostly because uh, it changes the, the future tense. It's, it's his response. That's Latin right there. He noticed a future tense verb. Right? Right? Well done. Good job. Um, Good job, Miss Shaw. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it changes the future tense, and that's initially what, what uh, it, it note, made me notice it. It took me off to the uh, the idea that it may be different. Um, I'll just read it really quick. Uh, I will declare your name to my people in the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he is not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Yeah. So those first couple of future tense verbs, we've definitely shifted gears again, right? Mm-hmm. Into what he will do he's, in the future. It's his response to what God will do mm-hmm. in his life. Very good. Very good. Okay. And then we put, um, we kind of moved through 23 and 24, right? Um, didn't mm-hmm. we say that 22 was kind of like the setup of what he would yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. 22 is, is um, it's setup is a word. It's a, a good word for it. But he's saying he's going to declare his people, whereas 23 through 24 is it's almost like there should be quotation marks around that. That's what he's going to declare to his people. Okay. That's, that's what he's going to say when this happens. I'm going to do it. This is what I'm going to say. 
Exactly. Right. Okay. Very good. So, I mean, I haven't checked my Hebrew Bible lately, but I don't think there are any quotation marks, right? So mm-hmm. that's kind of a modern punctuation thing that well, they would never really yeah. used, right? Um, and then our last section is 25 through 31. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's still talking about the future and stuff that he will do. It says, uh, from you comes the theme of my praise and the great assembly before those who fear you. I will fulfill my vows. Uh, the, the people, uh, sorry, the, the poor will, will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. He's, he's going on about things that are going to happen in the future because of what God has done, because of his faithfulness, uh, and, and just because of, of what, what God has said he will do, but, and what he's done in the past is, is proof that he will do it. Um, but he, he goes on saying stuff along the lines of, these people will praise you, people unborn, like people who, future generations will praise your name mm-hmm. for what you're going to do. Yeah, very good. Sense. So we kind of labeled that as a prediction of of the future based on God's faithfulness. Yes. Okay. Very good. Very good. All right. So tell us the main theme. Now that we've kind of broken down this psalm and we've tried to understand it, so what? Where would you get to on the main theme? Because God has has been with us in the past and has fulfilled His promises in the past, there's no reason we shouldn't trust Him for the future and today. Okay. Very good. Now, what about in personal relationships, let's put this on a human level. So you borrow my car, you wreck my car. Am I going to trust you in the future? Probably not with your car. Okay. Maybe we should do baby steps up to the car. <laughs> okay. All right. But you've got a car. You don't need to borrow my car. I do not need to borrow your car, no. <laughs> All right. Very good. I'm Very a good, good driver. That's, uh, can we get a judgment, Dad? Okay. Okay. You. Very good. So, stamp of approval. If Zach needs to borrow your car or your truck, you know, Dad says I've got him covered. Yo, if you have like a Lamborghini, just like hit me up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anybody in this. Jake, do you have a Lamborghini? Oh, you just returned it. Too much gas. Tires were expensive. Okay, missed out, man. Sorry. 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 It hits home. Okay. Now, this summer, some of the um, psalms have been really easy to connect to the, to the cross. Some of them have been a little bit more difficult, right? So, mm-hmm. um, did we read anything in the psalm that would have just jumped out at you? Uh, yeah, there's plenty of references, or actual direct, like, almost, I don't want to say word for word, but pretty dang close to, to what it says around uh, Jesus whenever he, he was going to the cross or when he was on the cross. Uh, take, for instance, uh, if you look at verse, uh, I think it was 1, where it says, okay. one My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is one of the things that Jesus says in, I think it was uh, Matthew, Matthew 27, 46. If I can find that really quick. There. I'll read off. Matthew twenty-seven forty-six says, and I quote, uh, go go back to forty yeah forty six yeah uh, about three in the afternoon Jesus cried out in a loud voice my God my God why have you forsaken me you skipped over the Aramaic dude. okay yeah I don't I don't want to speak Aramaic that sounds kind of hard to pronounce I think Pastor Tom did it like once and I was like no thank you <laughs> so yeah okay okay 
Eli Eli Lama Sabakthani. That, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Okay. Do you remember when um, when Aaron was up here? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and she... Um, Pastor Trump did it then. She yeah, tried to he did it, it then, and, and he told Aaron that she had done it wrong. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. why I didn't do it. That's why you didn't do it. Well, let me let me sort that out for you. Because in... So Tom read it correctly, right, mm-hmm. out of Matthew, because it is Eli Eli. But if you go to Mark, yeah, Mark 15, if you 34. go to Mark chapter 15, 34, can you read, do you want to give that a shot? Uh, yeah, it, it says like the same exact thing. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. And in Mark, it's spelled differently, isn't it? Um, uh, it's Eloi Eloi Lama Sabachthani. So Aaron was reading it like it was out of Mark. Tom was reading it uh, like it was out of Matthew. Well, and so they were both right at the same time. So when we when we start talking about our, our Bibles, it gets complicated sometimes, right? So we've got Jesus on the cross speaking in Aramaic, right? But we've got the gospel writers writing in um, Koine Greek. And then we've got that being translated into our modern-day English. What a nightmare, right? And so um, when they're putting the Aramaic into the New Testament, they're not translating it. Well, they do translate it for us, but they're just transliterating it. And that's, you know, more of an art than a science, if you will. I'm so bummed. I lost all that. I didn't catch, like, half of what you just said. Wow. Okay. There we go. It's still summer. He's not in the school mode yet, so I can't drop knowledge on him. I mean, like, I I want to be ready, but, like, nah. But you're not there. You're not there. What if we do one more session of cliff diving, and then you'll be, that'll be, like, your push-off into school. Push-off. All right, I'm down. Okay. Okay. The 19th. Let's go. We'll see. Who else is coming? Jason, you in? Cliff diving? The 19th? Tristan is in. Aren't you still grounded for life? Oh, he's free. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Okay, sweet. You're in. Oh. I like this idea. He's on parole. Terry, it's not the same. Yo, Terry needs to be there so I can make fun of him. Okay. All right. Grandkids are still coming? You guys are in? Okay. Good. Good, good, good. Dolores, we're counting on you. Cliff diving. It's easy. Just jump. Cliff diving. There's almost no effort. Gravity does most of the work. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. Just, just saying. Okay. All right. Let's let's see if we can reel this back, back in yeah. and make a few more connections. <laughs> Read um, Psalm 22, verse eight for me, Psalm and let's see if eight. that something jumps mm-hmm. out at us there. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Okay. Yeah. So, it was mainly the word, like, deliver, that we ended up noting down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so we connected that back to Mark, Mark 15, 15, 29, 29 30. 30. Yep. So let's flip back there and see if we can find it and read it. Go for it. All right. Uh, those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their head and saying... So, you were going to destroy the temple and build it in three days? Come down from the cross and save yourself. Right. Very good. And that almost that same quote is in Luke. 
um, 23:35. So um, I think it was about this time that I explained to you what a synoptic gospel was. Do you remember that? Uh, no idea. Okay. So we've got four gospels, right? We actually have one gospel, but it's the different stories according to the different authors. I remember this. You remember this? I remember okay. this now. So now go for it. Synoptic gospel. Synoptic. It, it's synonym. It's like the ones that are like the same. The same. Exactly. That's it. Right? So Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar. Similar. There's right? different perspectives. Yes. About the same exactly. So we use the example of, you know, if your mom's going to write an essay about how wonderful a son you are, right? Um, that would be a different story. That would be a very short essay. A short essay. <laughs> That's honesty right there. Honesty. Honesty. <laughs> but if one of your teachers was going to write an essay about what an awesome student you are... That would also be very short. <laughs> I, I exactly. Feel, I feel like we need Jason over here, like giving us a. Can we do that? Okay. Is that a thing? No, no, no. He's good. And then, um, but then, what about if your choir director told us about how talented you are in choir? It would be a bit longer. A little bit. A little bit longer. Okay. But all of those stories would be completely true, but they would use different episodes from your life to explain because they have a different thesis. They have a different angle. They have a different axe to grind. Okay. But in Luke, we get basically the same story, right? We're in Luke 23, 35. Exactly. And um, and read that to me. All right. 23, 35. Uh, the people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. And they said, he saves others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. Yeah, very good. Very good. And then um, let's flip back to 22.18. Yeah, um, it says, they divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. Okay, um, and then this is referenced in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but let's just read Matthew twenty-seven thirty-five. We do have to beat the Baptist to lunch. So. <laughs> so, hold up, it was Matthew twenty-seven, 27 35. thirty-five. All right. Uh, when they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes and uh, by casting lots. Yep. So self-explanatory. It's almost like this this psalm that David wrote is being used to picture that this is the ultimate fulfillment of um, of God's faithfulness, right? Yeah. So we have God's daily fulfillment, right? He's we can trust Him. We know that He's good. He's going to take care of us daily. But there's this one major event where He really takes care of business, right? Yeah. Okay. Very good. Now, tell us, um, why did you choose this psalm? Uh, I was, it was, it was a youth group, and I remember I, I was wanting something. I didn't want a psalm that was just going to be constantly praising God, constantly positive, no story to it, n- n- nothing that was constantly just negative, like my life is terrible. I, I wanted something that had like, so almost like a story, like like a, a full arc, if, if you okay. will. And I asked Pastor Tom if there was something like that, and straight away he says Psalm 22. So I go over to the Bible, I read it, and I'm 
like th- this is the one like this is what I want so I mean it was, okay. it was pretty self-explanatory it, it has a starts off pretty dark and I mean it gets better it, okay so you good. read a total of one psalm no I mean I read others but they were all I mean that's I what I like, heard is that what y'all heard one. I think I read like four. Oh, okay. Okay. Most of them are pretty short, but this one is okay. It was solid. It's legit. It's cool. Okay. So, if you had to put it into your own words, as you're getting ready to go back into Reagan and your social life and all that kind of stuff, how does this psalm? My my premise is that we are made. The whole our entire meaning, our purpose in life, is to worship and obey God. So, how would you take this psalm and kind of inform your worship? I mean, life a lot of times can uh, can give you a lot of I don't know. It gives you trouble, makes you stressed out, anxious. There's like sometimes like you have relationship trouble, you have a lot of work, um, uh, nervous about a competition, and a lot of times you're a lot more nervous than you really should be. And it's it's kind of God's way of saying like, just take it easy, you know, like you can relax. Because he, he's got it under control. Like, he, he's done good by you in the past. Why not in the future? Okay. I like that. I like that. The good news is, is that all that stress goes away when you leave high school. There's no relationship problems or work problems or, you know, what, what you're dealing with now, it, it just can, it all goes away. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I know what this guy's eating. Okay. Well, I think that you've done great work here, and you've understood this psalm really well, and I just appreciate it, man. It's been a pleasure. Let me pray for you, and then um, we'll get out of here. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word that tells us that um, that you are good, and that um, no matter what the circumstances feel like, that um, that you have taken care of business, that you know that... You know what we're going through. You know how to help us. You know um, everything that, that we need. And while sometimes we don't quite understand um, the circumstances and the things that are happening around us, um, we know that we can just take it easy, rest, and relax in, in your love and in your provision and mostly, Lord, we just thank you that, that the ultimate problem of our sin and our separation from you, you have solved on the cross. Um, and so I, I pray for Zach as he goes into the school year, um, but for all of us as well, that like, as things get overwhelming, that we would take a step back and realize that while we have very real problems and very real stressors and and relationships are not easy, that, that honestly, these are nothing compared to what you've done for us on the cross, that you have already seated us in heaven with yourself, and that, um, that we know that at the, at the end, it's really just the beginning, that this is a short life with pain and toil, but that for those of us that believe that you died on the cross for our sins, this is just the beginning of an eternity with you where we have glorified bodies that don't break down and, and we get to spend eternity um, worshiping and praising you. And Lord, I just pray that that would really inform our lives, 
that you would invade our hearts with those truths and that they wouldn't just be words on a page or words that we would say, but they would truly inform all of our actions. Again, Lord, just bless Zach as he goes into this um, junior year of high school and help him to um, keep his head above water and work hard. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.